0: Blog Talk Radio. I'll try one more time. Hello, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Darren, can you hear me? Darren, can you hear me? We believe. Darren, this is Dr. Becker. I'm here. All I hear is somebody saying unmuted. I'm
1: Hey, Dr. Becker. Can you hear me now? Dr. Becker, can you hear me? Dr. Becker, are you there? Me Dr. Becker, Hello, Dr. Becker. Can you hear me?
0: I can hear you now perfectly,
1: okay. Yeah, I I think I figured out what the problem is. So I hope we didn't lose any any <laughs> listeners here. Uh if there there were some people on the line. If you want to call back in, call back in now. We seem to have everything straightened out. Um so technical we were, difficulties well,
0: though. Technical difficulties. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, that's the modern age, that's the computers and the internet. So we've got My radio's been around up. so long. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. But for those of you that couldn't hear me, and before I get get you involved in the conversation, I just wanted to give people some statistics, and those are 11 million children and adults suffer from hyperthyroidism, which is slow thyroid function. Uh, 10% of those 11 million are older women. I don't know how many times I've seen a lot of mature women that are having problems with their weight, Um, And they seem to, they're having problems with their weight and they just can't seem to lose weight at all. And they're also having problems with depression and all kinds of other things as well. Now, women are more prone to thyroid issues due to puberty, periomenopause, and menopause. And irregular thyroid function in men can cause erectile dysfunction. So this is not just something that is solely for women. It's something that affects men as well. And tonight, um, I'm going to have Dr. Becker on the show to be talking about thyroid function and also adrenal function. And I think adrenal function actually uh, affects just about everybody because all of us are highly stressed and all of us uh, are seem seem to lack energy these days. So I'm going to bring Dr. Becker on. So, Dr. Becker, are you there?
0: Am I unmuted?
1: Yep, you are unmuted, sir. Very good.
0: That could be good, good or bad. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I know. I know when I first saw you speak uh uh two Saturdays ago, I was like, I gotta get this guy on my show because you're one of those physicians Um, That isn't afraid to tell it like it is and I know when I was in the pharmaceutical industry And I don't think we got a chance to really talk about that But I was a former pharmaceutical rep and one of the things that I really Disliked about many of the doctors is that many of the doctors depended on me to learn about drugs They didn't do anything to learn and further their own education So they would be able to treat the patients a little bit um, better so um, before we get into the talk, can you give us your story of how um, how things, um, how what was your journey, and uh, how did you come to uh, get into uh, functional
0: medicine? Well, first of all, you're too kind on your compliments of a, a different kind of doctor, but uh, I think they've been knowing that since I got into med school and out of med school because of my approach. I used to dress up as... Different kind of outfits in the emergency room. Sometimes I came in as Dr. Spock. Sometimes I came in in orange fluorescent scrubs, and I think the kids relaxed quite a bit from that. Um, I was born and raised native Miami, and I'm one of the few who definitely chose to admit it. My brother is the other one. (laughs) And I thank you all for your time tonight. I hope if I affect one person on tonight's show, and I don't know what your listening audience is, but if I affect one person for the better, then my time is priceless. And uh, I really, really appreciate you, Darren, for bringing me on and allowing me to just share a message. And that's all we're doing is sharing some information. So I was born and raised in Native Miami, and I was born in the same hospital where I was trained at, which is University of Miami Jackson Memorial. Uh, I used to think north of Orlando was too cold, so I stayed south but uh, as I got married towards the end of residency and uh, pediatrics and pediatric emergency room became my passion Uh, I like the energy of the emergency room just like these shows over the years and and at the same time I like long-term chronic care so I was blessed enough to grow the smallest the largest small group private pediatric practice in Broward County and while I did that our our three children were born in four years and uh, we were growing them so quick That I used that time to moonlight in the emergency room, first at Jackson Memorial itself, right after training. Then I was invited to be among the doctors to open up Joe DiMaggio's children's emergency room. And I was there for three years. And then after that, um, the, the Baptist Hospital children's system invited me down there, and I spent about 14 years there. And along came Hurricane Katrina. My children were getting older. And Hurricane Katrina came in, and I was stuck in the ER for about four and a half days due to curfew and gas prices, or excuse me, gas not being available. And when I came back, I saw half a million dollars of damage in my private practice from the roof caving in. Turned to my partner of five years, and I said, Kenny, my kids are a little bit middle teenagers. I'd like to spend some more time with them. And so I think I'm going to stop private practice and just do ER, and two weeks a month I'll have freed up. So I set my time for April 1st, 2006. And about three weeks before, a medical assistant of our office for about 12 years came in and said, would you like to do something in longevity medicine? And being Miami a very fast-paced kind of scammy capital of the world, I said, what is that? And he said, why don't you go to Orlando to a couple of days of a conference and see 3,000 doctors and see if you like it. And that was the A4M or the Anti-Aging Society of our country. Uh, The movement had started in the early 90s, and it became people who were mostly GYNs, ER people, people who had a couple of days a month to start to learn how alternative treatments were available for things that followed the rules of science. This wasn't my little protocol. This wasn't my little recipe. This was people who were passionate about what they saw, but instead of plugging in the pharmaceutical pen, as Darren mentioned, or the pharmaceutical lunch that we were introduced to in third year of med school, what we were given was the opportunity to see how that thyroid that didn't work, you could balance it with magnesium or zinc, and all of a sudden the electric would turn on and the person would lose weight and their head would clear, and they'd feel like we were 20, 30 years younger. So huh. I listened to the, this field, and I said, wow, this is really passionate. And About a month later, uh, I sat with my now dear friend and colleague, uh, Dr. Jim Laval. And he taught me more about nutrition in one hour than I learned in all those years of 20 years. And I said, this is amazing. We were never taught but like 34 seconds of nutrition in med school, never thought that the value of the body and what it takes in makes a difference. And so I began my journey. I set my sights uh, first on becoming board certified in the field of aging medicine, which I did that year. Next year, I set my sights on becoming the first person to teach the actual pediatric model for aging, And I designed, right, and taught the first one in 2009 to about 350 doctors. And I was invited back to do the second one in 2011. And right before that, obesity was becoming very large. And we're going to talk about that a little bit tonight, actually quite a bit tonight as it relates to the thyroid. And what we found was the obesity of the pediatric age group was becoming skyrocketing within that year or the year and a half before. So they asked me to teach the first one of those, and I taught that to a couple of 300 doctors as well. And so my journey continued on the aging from 2006 all the way to the current day. I am a full faculty of the anti-aging medicine. There's only about 60 of us. But what's unique is to understand the paradigm from literally conception onto the days or hours after death. Uh, when you see the whole paradigm of aging, it's quite a profound view, almost like seeing the earth from the moon. And uh, to enjoy it from that perspective and not just a part-time little play toy, it's a pretty profound experience. Um, the only thing I added to that was three years ago I became involved in functional medicine itself, which is where you take the parts of the body, the actual systems, and for example, one system may be uh, endocrine, one system may be nutrition, one system may be stress, another one may be lifestyle, and you individually look at those and balance them just like parts of a car, according to the rules of science and physiology. And once each part is balanced, you put it back together, and that classic car runs like it just came off a showroom floor. So there's many, many, many illnesses today which are victims of toxins, nutrient deficiencies, and many other areas, which now when you rebalance that front end or when you rebalance that particular system, Lo and behold, the chronic illness now gets resolved slowly at a time, and instead of being a victim of all these medications, you actually feel like you haven't felt in years and not realizing that the illness can be actually uh, helped into remission or maybe even resolved in some in some cases. So uh, the journey of functional medicine combined with aging medicine is a truly profound one. It allows you to take the deficiencies and imbalances of the body, put them back just like the front end of a car, and once that front end is realigned, you're able to see some profound changes. And one of my passions, actually two of my passions, as Darren said, was thyroid and adrenals. I hope that did it justice. I'm sorry for speaking <laughs> fast. I will slow down, but I knew we had a lot to do this. So.
1: Yeah, yeah. Let me ask you a quick question. Um, with all the diseases out there, have, is there anything that can't be reversed through uh, what you do or, or proper nutrition? If you had to just take, you know, a couple of the diseases, diabetes, um uh, what's Let's another main cancer?
0: I would say between toxins and a lot of the chronic illnesses, the mm-hmm. the Crohn's disease, the IBS, the things that you hear about on an escalating fashion, MS, um, a lot of the degenerative diseases that you're now seeing so many exploding cases of. Hashimoto's thyroiditis is a biggie name that you might read about. As yep. you're hearing more about this, It's not just because our definitions are widening and because the doctors are getting better. Trust me, they are not. I don't like the word trust me when it comes to a doctor, but it's not true. It's that there are imbalances that once you restore them, these illnesses are basically from deficiencies and imbalances a lot of times. Not all the times, but a good percentage of the times, and morbidity can be dramatically decreased. Wow.
1: Wow. So let's get into thyroid function because I know that's what um the audience has been waiting on. Uh and before we do that, the number to call in if you have a question, if we hadn't we didn't lose anybody due to the technical difficulties there, but number to call in is six four six seven one six nine three seven one. If you press one you can get on the air and ask your question of uh uh from, uh, from Doctor Becker. So Um, Let's get in just do some basic anatomy because I find that a lot of people don't even know the anatomy of their own body. Where is the the thyroid actually located?
0: The thyroid is a butterfly-shaped gland that sits in your neck uh, just around the area of the Adam's apple. Um, It's a wing-shaped actually. And, And the anatomy is such that you really won't notice it unless it's not playing fair with your body. You really don't even know how to feel it. Um, it may get tender. It may swell. Sometimes people may say they have bumps or lumps in there, and, you know, that that's usually when people say it. Very rarely do doctors even feel for it on a physical exam, even though they're all trained to do that when they're in med school. Okay.
1: Yeah, and how does the, the thyroid actually communicate with um, the brain? Because I know there's... Um, from Just from my studying, you know, the THS, the TSH test, the thyroid stimulating hormone test is probably one of the, it's not a very valid test. Can you kind of talk about how the brain and the thyroid communicate with each other?
0: Yeah, sure. I think the easiest way to do this, if you could ask all your listeners to grab a piece of paper, preferably yellow legal pad, and I will do a virtual diagram like I did at the talk you were at and then mm-hmm. I think people will get an easier visual discussion of it. So if, if everybody just takes a minute or two while I give you a, a brief overview, um, this will save a lot of time and a lot of agony. It's about all the science we're going to talk about tonight, but it's very profound when you see how simply and misunderstood this is. Um, you'll be able to walk around like your, your own expert, and I think that will be very helpful. Would you agree, Dan?
1: I would definitely agree.
0: Cool. Then grab your yellow legal pad, and here's what we're going to do. Turn it long ways. And what you're going to do is at the top, you're going to draw two U's. The letter U, you're going to draw a smaller U. And underneath, that draw a bigger U. Underneath the bigger U, I want you to draw a bow tie. On the right of the bow tie, I want you to put T4. And out of the T4 at 2 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 8 o'clock, and 10 o'clock, put the letter I. I stands for iodine. From that T4, I want you to draw a a semicircle coming from the T4 down to the bottom of the page. And at the bottom of the page, I want you to put T3. And out of the T3, I want you to put 2 o'clock, 4 o'clock, and 8 o'clock, another I. So I'm going to review for those of you who are just getting your papers. We've got two U's at the top of the paper. At the bottom of the big U, we've got a bow tie. At the right of the big U, we've got a T4 which has four I's coming out of it in, a, in an even area. A big line coming from T4 down to the bottom of the page where it says T3, and then three I's coming out of that. And then to the left of the whole thing, make a hangman like you're paying a hangman's cross game. On the hangman's cross, on the left side, you're going to put a plus on the top, and on the right side, put a minus. Underneath the minus, I want you to put FL, for so fluoride. And underneath the FL, you put estrogen, fluoride, and estrogen. On the left side, you're going to put MG for magnesium. Underneath that, ZN for zinc. Underneath that, I for iodine. Underneath that, iron. And underneath that, we'll just put multi. We're so standing for a bunch of stuff you'll take as a multi. Mm-hmm. Once again, to review, we got two U's, a big one and a little one, a T4 to the right of the uh, bow tie under the big U, a T4 to the right of the bow tie, four I's coming out of that, down to the T3, three I's coming out of that, a hangman, plus on the left, a minus on the right, fluoride underneath the minus, estrogen underneath that, magnesium, zinc, iron, iodine, and a multi. On the little U, you're going to put a dot, and you're going to put to the left of that dot, TSH. The line connecting the TSH to the dot, and then to the left of the TSH, put TRF, standing for thyroid releasing factor. Now, since we can't really ask if everybody's ready, I'm going to slow down my talk. And this is going to take about three or four minutes, and it's going to explain exactly what you've got in front of you. The TRF means thyroid releasing factor. And just as a reminder, I was told by Darren this is all recorded so you can play it back hopefully on Mm
1: -hmm. some
0: and be able to re re listen to this. So the TRF is thyroid releasing factor. It goes to the little U, which stands for right behind your nose, is where the pituitary gland is that releases all your hormones. And that's where T S H is, thyroid stimulating hormone. The pituitary sends the thyroid-stimulating hormone down to the neck where the bow tie is, which stands for the butterfly gland, and tells your body to release T4, which is a tyrosine amino acid with four iodines on it. And that goes around the body and gets converted to T3 based on the chart on the left, which is in the hangman part. So when you wake up in the morning, you're usually comfortable but not energized but not hot and you need energy to get out of bed. So your brain sends the signal from TSH to the neck to release T4 and says, I need energy, I need sugar, I need to warm up my body, it's time for my day. And that T4 now goes around your body, pulls off one of the iodines, and makes the energy for the body, which is called T3. Now I'm going to stop there and ask Darren if he wanted me to highlight anything else, or so far we're doing okay to just give this brief introduction.
1: Yeah, can you explain what uh, T3 and T4 are? T3 is the, uh, the active hormone, and, and T4, I believe, is um, that storage, the storage hormone, if I'm not mistaken. T4. T4,
0: I want you to make next to the T4, I want everybody to write no activity whatsoever. T4 does nothing. And next to T3, that's the active fuel for the body, which is what goes around and gives you everything you need for metabolism. And what thyroid is, is it's your central metabolism control of all your body. It absorbs nutrition. It processes your food. It creates warmth and energy. It's like a thermostat in the middle of a cabin in Minnesota in February. The thyroid is responsible for everything from mental clarity to reproduction. You cannot hold a child if you're not thyroid balanced. You cannot have a normal period if you're not thyroid balanced. You cannot have normal energy, normal focus. Anything like that is thyroid. The eyebrows are lost if your thyroid is not there. Your hair is thin and falls out. Your nails are brittle and have lines in them. So it gives you an idea of the diversity of the thyroid is a central energy for the body. So your T4 has no activity. So now you go to your doctor and he says, oh, let's measure your thyroid. Well, the first problem is TSH is what they measure a majority of the time. That tells me nothing. (laughs) we've already highlighted is the hormone that has no activity so that tells me nothing and about 90% or more of the physicians you will go to will test only those two parameters and I'm talking the endocrinologist I'm not talking about your GPs I'm talking the guys who are supposed to test for thyroid that's all they test
1: huh.
0: but now you've got your cold hands with your foggy thinking with your low energy with your crankiness and you're going in and the first thing they say is oh your lab tests are normal now you go frustrated out and you go see somebody else and somebody else and somebody else. And when you go back to your general doctor, the next thing they'll say is, for your anxiety or depression, which are very strong symptoms of low thyroid, please write that down, anxiety and depression. Not to belittle the point, that is a good number of people in our country are suffering from depression and anxiety. It's not stress from the job. It's not the children that are hanging on their legs. It is from low thyroid. And you'll watch it clear up in a matter of weeks when the thyroid dosage is proper. So the T4 has no activity. It must go around the body and have one iodine pulled off, that chart on the left, in order to make the active energy for the body, which is T3. And I have yet to see many physicians who measure T3 values. And you don't just need T3, you need free T3. What's... So what's so I wanna... to be... Go ahead.
1: Breaking here for one second What's the value of getting T4 Only medicines like you have uh, Lavoxel Synthroid which is one of the Which is one of the the big ones out there What's the value in that
0: Um, Absolutely none because as we've just said If you're not converting from T4 To T3 which is a significant Portion of low thyroid Based on on that Chart on the left If you're not converting because you have low zinc Low magnesium fluoride in your toothpaste, estrogen in your plastic water bottles or the meats that you're eating, if those enzymes are not pulling off that iodine, you're stuck with T4, which we said has no activity. So levothyroxyl, which is T4 only, Synthroid, which is the pharmaceutical brand that people are on for 20 years, Mm -hmm. you'll find that they're not really getting better. So it's a significant problem. The second significant problem is, is once they put you on a dose, they don't turn up the dose to turn on your thyroid. We already said it's like a thermostat. If you don't turn up the thermostat to where it's humming or almost like warming up a car on a cold day, your thyroid's not turned on. So just putting you on a dose and saying this is your dose gives you no results whatsoever.
1: But I'm going I'm to play uh, devil's advocate for, for a minute, Dr. Becker. Some people start feeling better when they're on those medications. Can you kind of explain why?
0: Yeah, there's a little bitty conversion, and actually because they're so deficient, it may help them because they're going to have a little bit of conversion, but nothing that's going to turn them on. In other words, if you eat a spinach salad and you get magnesium in the spinach and it happens to turn on your thyroid, which is the left side of that table, then all of a sudden your thyroid might turn a little bit of T4 on and you may feel a little better. But when you want a couple of one or two months or maybe three months, you will not at all feel any significant change and their hands will still be freezing cold. Constipation is a biggie I neglected to uh, say about. And you do not have cold hands because your relatives. do not have cold hands because your relatives had cold hands or your great aunt had cold hands. It's all thyroid. Half our country has hypothyroid. That's a staggering statistic when you think about it. Half our country, and it's purely related to obesity, half our country has low thyroid. Why do you think we have an obesity problem?
1: Yeah. I, I, I'm a, so let's get into some of the things. You mentioned uh, quite a few uh, earlier, but let's just get into some of the things that are are bad for your thyroid. Can you kind of expand on that and just tell people? Yeah, let's
0: go into that chart, and we'll go on to the right side of the chart where it says fluoride and, magnesium, uh, fluoride and, and estrogen. And, and the point of those two is fluoride. We've had fluoride in our toothpaste since I've been a child in the 50s, born and raised, native Miamian. And fluoride, is always found in in all all the toothpaste. Well, in 1929, fluoride was declared an environmental toxin. It's available through the Environmental Working Group, which controls all the toxic controls in our world. And they declared environmental toxin. It should not be in our water or in our toothpaste, and yet it is. I don't have any comment on that, and nor will I get into any of the politics, but it still sits in our toothpaste today. What you want to know is every time your child's really nicely brushing their teeth one to two times a day, Every time they brush their teeth, they are turning off their thyroid for 12 hours. Every time you brush your teeth, that little bit of fluoride is turning it off. The other thing is the bread has bromine in it. Bromine also will turn off the body. It's the same type of element. And the hard part is it's not needed in anything we have. So that's the one thing that will turn it off. Estrogen is virtually found in many areas of our world. In the um, plastics when we leave a plastic water bottle out in the heat, it chemically converts into something that's like estrogen turns off the thyroid. Mm -hmm. Most lotions that you use on your face, if you Google the name of that lotion and the word estrogen, you will find out if it is in there. They are not legally responsible to put it on the label, but yet they use it because it lowers wrinkles on the face. Estrogen is going to absorb across your skin and turn off your thyroid. Next, if you use hormone-free meats, you will not have estrogen in your meat. But if you don't ask specifically for hormone-free meats, we're not talking about organic meats. We're talking about hormone uh, that is used to make one little chicken into a larger-sized chicken. That's what they use to make them grow bigger, to sell them for more money. And you can read about this in any of the food journals or magazines or videos that are out now or documentaries. And estrogen is found in virtually every type of meat these days to fatten up. And what will happen is you'll absorb that through your intestines and once again turn off your thyroid. And last but not least, birth control. One of my unfortunate in the past in pediatrics, we used to use them for painful periods for any of the middle and older teenage girls. And what you're giving is extra estrogens into a system that only has three since the beginning of time. And unfortunately, uh, I hate to say it, but my fellow colleague gynecologists do not know uh, how to um, unbalance or imbalance those systems. So just being on birth control will turn off a thyroid. And that's why a lot of girls will gain weight, get a little exactly. moody and emotionally um, unstable or up and down. It's nothing personal. It's just something that they've got extra in their body and the thyroid is severely affected.
1: Yeah. I find it very odd that when I've bumped into a number of women who've had fibroids or endometriosis and they're having uh Severe yep. and heavy bleeding, and they go in the doctor. <clears throat> excuse me, and the doctor prescribes birth control pills, and this it's like a double whammy for them because it's they counterintuitive. Don't know, yeah, it's just very counterintuitive that that, that they're going in, there, they're getting the some, they're getting their bleeding reduced, but yet they're getting more and more doses of estrogen, which is actually what causes the problem. So it's just very it's counterintuitive. Twenty-eight
0: extra estrogens instead of the. One, two, and three, the only three that any human female is born with since the beginning of time, and they're getting 28 extras that are from a pregnant horse.
1: Yeah, and I um, i think I asked you this question at the lecture, but can you kind of get into soy as well? I know soy is, is, is very damaging as well. You know,
0: soy is a controversial and volatile nutritional topic. Um, I think there's so many different points of view on it. Let's just say a general statement is that soy is not that great. It will turn down a thyroid um, you know, especially with all the genetically modified soys these days. So rather than get into the details of why and it does or doesn't work, let's just say in general, you may want to stay away from a large amount of soy consumption. Soy milks, not the greatest thing in the world. You may want to stick with almond milk or rice milk, which are tremendously healthy milks. As you know, most of the cow milks have a lot of um, antibiotics in it and a lot of pain medication. So you may want to stay away from that, especially when it comes to littler ones, um, and so nutrition wise almond and rice milk will take over for that that category.
1: Yeah. So what if I um I have I don't know I have a thyroid problem or I do know that I have a thyroid problem and I'm still eating gluten. What are your what are your thoughts on gluten?
0: Great question. If we hold off for one second, I forgot to give people a way to figure out where their thyroid's at if they can't get to a lab or their doctors won't do the lab tests we're going to talk about. If yeah. in the morning you want to take a thermometer And as soon as you open up your eyes, before you move a muscle, you don't want to move a muscle because it will generate heat. You're going to take a thermometer, put it under your arm for five minutes, and I'm going to repeat that, under your arm. I can't tell you how many people I say under the arm and they still put it in their mouth, and I know it because they're going to tell me their temperature is normal, and I've never seen a normal one pretty much in anybody. You put it under your arm for five minutes and then you write down the number and do it maybe two, three times during an average week doesn't matter which day. doesn't matter how much sleep. does not matter if you have covers. doesn't matter if you have the air condition on or off. The number you're looking for is 97.8. And if you want to do a Google search, this is about, called the Broda-Barnes Thyroid Temperature Test. It is a standard of documenting low thyroid. If nobody wants to believe the lab tests, if everybody wants to be skeptics of what I'm saying, just take a temperature test. If you're below 97.8, that thermostat is not turned on. And the cells of your body will not process anything. That's an easy way to look at it. Your, your, your metabolism, your engine is cold. And if your engine is cold, how can you think clearly? How can you reproduce? How can you have energy? How can your nails grow? How can your hair grow? How can you not be constipated? Your whole flow is, is, is turned down. So the answer to the, the point is, is this is something you guys can do tomorrow morning. And on a weekend coming up, by Monday morning, you can know, hey, guess what? i got a thyroid issue. And what you do is raise your hand and say, excuse me, I can't stop until I find someone that allows me to know how and where I need to go right now. Don't let your doctor tell you that it's not true. It's a fact. As far as gluten, um, gluten to me is probably one of the most significant poisons there is in our system of food. Uh, if you want to read an absolutely phenomenal book by one of my dear colleagues and now dear friends, it's called The Wheat Belly Book by Dr. William Davis. As I was doing that research for the Pediatric Obesity Talk in 2011, I actually saw that book. It was coming out in August of that summer. And as I was doing my research, I said, mm, kind of an interesting book. I'll read it. And I read it in four days. I called up what I thought was going to be some office manager, and I ended up getting Dr. Davis on the phone. And a few months later, I was sitting in his office for a day and a half learning all the amazing things of what gluten is. And essentially, for those of you who think it's a fad or just among movie stars or people who are hopping on a bandwagon, about 50 years ago the wheat we have has been genetically modified and it's made more and more toxic and in our system it has become a, an effect on almost every area of our body because it's a wheat that we were not raised with, it was not around for the millions of years we've all been uh, grown in, in the in the lands of Middle Eastern Europe and all over the United States so when people have this breads, bagels, pastas, cookies, cakes, whatever kind of baked goods you have it will cause symptoms ranging from swollen hands and feet, foggy thinking, any kind of imbalance. Very big on fertility. It's a very large enemy of fertility. Crazy, cloudy, scattered thinking. I believe it's a good percentage of our ADD children. 60%, 80% at least of our ADD children are gluten sensitive. And gluten is found in many things, sauces and, and baked goods. Uh, you'd be surprised. So what happens with gluten in a nutshell is it's cross-reacts with the thyroid. So a lot of people have the low thyroid because they're actually gluten-sensitive, and a lot of times that's the first time they find out that they are gluten-sensitive or the first time they find out that their thyroid is low in function because of gluten-sensitivity. So whichever it is, just be aware that just stopping your diet can resolve your thyroid, and if everybody's worried about, do I have to take medicine forever?, The answer is, of course, no. You have to change your diet to something which is not healthy for you in the first place.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. You work with a lot of people. Yeah. So you work with a lot of people. (laughs) How many people would you say that you see uh, that are gluten, gluten sensitive?
0: Um, I, I don't, I'll throw the word celiac disease out because that's where the first things people are going to say, oh, it's celiac disease. I've been around enough colleagues and friends to know that it is extremely underdiagnosed. And here's the question I ask to virtually every person I ever see. When you eat breads, bagels, pastas, cookies, cakes, do you get scattered and energized like somebody with ADD? Or do you fall asleep after that pasta meal at grandma's or the aunt's house? Now, if you can answer what I believe most people have, which is the fall asleep variety, mm-hmm. there is not a doubt in the world that if you stop everything with gluten in about three weeks, you will have energy and focus and lose about eight to 12 pounds without doing any exercise whatsoever. That's the effect on gluten. It raises sugar in your body. And then the brain grabs it and puts it on your hips, butt, and thighs. So yeah, I... that's why gluten is an enemy.
1: Yeah, I... um. I stopped eating gluten about gluten about 2 3 years ago and just like you said my main symptom was I would eat and then we would we'd be in meetings at work and I would eat pizza and I could not stay awake I don't care if I had 12 hours of sleep the what? night the previous night I could not stay awake and I would get back to my desk and I couldn't think and I never Put it together until I went to see a holistic physician, and she yeah. asked me, um, "Was I gluten sensitive?" I'm like, "No, I've been eating bread for my whole life. Why should I stop eating Great bread now?" It. Yeah, and then Great I just—I actually heard Doctor Davis speak um, on another another show. This was probably like a year or two ago uh, when he first Amazing released man. the book. Yeah, and I Go decided to give it. Yeah, I decided to give um, give it. Seven days. I said I want to give this a seven-day trial, and it was amazing how much better I felt. And I had also been uh, diagnosed with arthritis in both knees, and I'd played basketball for a number good of God. years. And so I thought, yeah, I thought something. I just thought that that came along with the territory—the many years of basketball that I played. My knees obviously mm-hmm. were no were no good anymore. But it was the gluten arthritis that was attacking is usually my joints.
0: food sensitivity. As yep. a general statement, arthritis is usually related to food sensitivity and leaky gut.
1: um, I want to clarify
0: one other point with with the um, uh, gluten. A lot of times people don't realize that it's not a carb-craving person. They don't love bread because they love carbs. It's what happens is the gluten causes the intestinal wall to make a gluteomorphine, which is a known diagnosed entity. And a gluteomorphine goes in your bloodstream, goes to your brain, and gives you what's classically called a fix. So when you say, Mm -hmm. I want more bread, it's because your brain feels good when it eats it. At the same token, doctors will want to do a blood test for it, an antibody or a gluten antibody or something like that. It, make it easier on yourself. Stop gluten and see what happens in three weeks. If you do not have five to ten symptoms that are gone, you're not gluten sensitive. I don't care who you are. You don't need a telescope procedure. You don't need a GI specialist. Just stop gluten for three to four weeks, and you will see a profound difference. It is much more common that you have it than that you don't, and remember those two questions. You fall asleep mm-hmm. after those things. Or do you get energized? And I will be shocked if people three to five years from now don't feel it is a much larger problem than we ever thought.
1: Yeah, I think it, I think it is. I had my cousin's wife; she actually decided to go gluten free, uh, and uh, she went gluten free for a while, and then she decided to bounce back and start and, and went and ate a, a hamburger with a bun, and she told you'll me be, that she you'll started
0: be ill, you'll be ill. Yeah
1: she she vomited she she actually ended up vomiting i said there you Bloating, go Bloating. yeah you know. it is the
0: healthiest thing you can healthiest thing you can do for a child is stop gluten and everything you got
1: yeah but um she had those symptoms and she she went back to gluten and she uh ended up vomiting and um now she knows she knows that she's sensitive to gluten i don't think the, the people know <laughs> that they are until they go off and realize how much better they feel, and then they try to go back to
0: it. Darren, I think that's an excellent point. It's easy to do the scientific method. Come off it, two weeks, three weeks down the road, when you're feeling great, wait another two, three weeks, have that plate of pasta, have that pizza. And, by the way, a really important point, if you have a French bakery or a bakery from another country that imports their wheat, it is not the same as U.S. wheat. So therefore, you may have zero reaction, and there's a spectrum of some people get very mild, some people get very severe, some people get no reaction, some people get paralyzing reactions. So be aware that there is a whole host of different varieties, and of course, when it turns on your thyroid or turns off your thyroid, you've got a whole list of hypothyroid symptoms as well. Yeah, yeah.
1: So we've kind of talked about what is bad for the thyroid. Let's talk about what is actually good for it.
0: My favorite. Um, if people have eye twitching, muscle spasms, or muscle cramps, a couple times a week. We're not talking once a year. A couple times a week. If you're watching that person, all of a sudden you notice their eye twitching. 95% of our country is low in magnesium. That is a nutrient-poor uh Nutrition and number one, number two, it is very, very critical. Magnesium has over 300 functions in the human body from nerve conduction to muscle contraction, cofactor in many of your neurohormonal productions, and it is just a phenomenal, phenomenal thing to take no matter who you are. Magnesium is super healthy for you, extremely good to calm down to sleep for any age group, extremely safe extremely good for anybody with constipation while they're waiting for that thyroid to kick in. It will loosen that stool and it will actually improve uh, bowel movements. So magnesium is the number one thing on that left side of that list where the plus is. And if you have eye twitching, muscle cramps, or muscle spasms, your thyroid will not be on because you're deficient in magnesium. Number two, zinc. If you look in your uh, your pink fleshy parts of your nail beds, Right above where the white part is, in that little area between your nail and the white part, if you see white spots, white clouds, that is a sign of zinc deficiency nutritionally. Common, maybe not as common as magnesium, but extremely important as an immune booster. Once again, cofactor in a lot of different areas. So zinc is a crucial one. People might want to take that a couple times a week. Usually, if you're depleted, take it every day for a good two, three months, and then you'll find a difference by turning on your thyroid. Next, iodine. Here's a test for you. You can go to one of the uh, drugstores and get a tincture of iodine. It will cost about a dollar and a half. You take a gauze after dinner, rub it on your forearm, and this is the brown material that we used to clean up cuts and bruises with. Rub it on your forearm. After you rub it on your forearm, you'll leave a nice brown area there. Now, don't get excited when it goes away in three or four hours. That's not a good thing. Anything less than 24 hours means you are severely iodine deficient. That is a majority of our country because iodine is no longer found in salt unless it's the sea salt, and most commonly it's not found in breads like it used to be. As we said, bromine is in there now. So now you've got iodine depletion most of the people I ever see, and I don't even test the blood level anymore, three to four hours is when it goes away significantly before you go to beds a lot of times. So don't be surprised if you go to bed, you see no spot on your forearm. Anything more than 24 hours means the sponge has absorbed no iodine because you have enough, and it lasted on your skin for more than 24 hours, like I said, not many people. Iodine, crucial, crucial, and as Darren has been looking forward to this, I believe there's only three, Darren, for migraines.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) One of the significant
0: significant, uh, things that you will not find in neurologists is there's three things that cause migraines that is not on the maps of most people. Number one is low magnesium. As we just said, most people are deficient in it, so that's one of the significant causes of migraine. Number two, low progesterone. This is the reason for many premenstrual migraines or premenstrual headaches is low progesterone. And last but not least, low iodine, and I don't believe there's a fourth there. I'm sorry about that. Um, yeah. So low iodine, many importance. There is many supplements for iodine on the market, but iodine supplements you should do under physician's guidance because there are a lot of thyroid conditions that you cannot or are questionable whether you use thyroid supplementation. So please don't just jump on that for a supplement. The next one is iron. I like my blood count levels to be, my hematocrit levels to be 41, 42 to 44, 45.
1: This if is you're for, in the
0: 30 for, uh, for hematocrit, which is a blood level.
1: Yeah. Is, this so for, is that level, for w- women and men? Iron. Or?
0: iron. This is, well, there are different ranges for women and uh-huh. different ranges for men. But okay. what you're going to find is somebody's going to raise their hand and say, oh, my, my blood count's not bad. It's 38. That is not good. If you have heavy excessive periods, that is not good all of a sudden, you'll have a low level of blood, a low level of iron, and that iron is crucial in many, many detoxification pathways, many neurohormone pathways, and once again, iron is necessary for just making blood cells. So if you don't have enough blood cells going around, you will be tired, but more importantly, your thyroid will not turn on. Last but not least, a multi. I include multi, not meaning to get one from a common store or the cheapest place. Remember, you all have gone significant periods of time in your lives and you want to treat your bodies like you would treat the finest car on the planet if you want to walk around with a $3 multi that's your choice but do you want to get a multivitamin or a multi supplement that is significant that's going to cover you because most of those things if you did not know the statistics 84% of chronic illness in our country today can be avoided just by taking one Good multivitamin a day, 84%. That means we not only have a significant mineral depletion, but we've got illnesses caused because of that depletion. So please make note of the fact that everyone, I don't care if you eat the healthiest diet in the world, which I do believe I'm pretty close, everyone should have a multi just because of our food supply in this country okay yeah yeah so you what mentioned got on our left side of it, or, i'm sorry go
1: ahead yeah i was saying you mentioned something um and i copied this down from your lecture when i saw you speak you said 84 percent of 80 percent or more of disease you if you don't take supplements i guess you you have an 80 percent more chance of disease if you're not taking any supplements
0: Let's not use the word supplements. Let's be very specific. A multivitamin will eliminate 84% of chronic illnesses because that's Mm. how depleted we are that lead to chronic medical conditions.
1: Wow. It's
0: it's not supplements. Supplements can be a wide range of things. So this is specifically multivitamins. So what do you think about people who, um,
1: and I have this question all the time, um, people who say that this runs in my family. This disease runs in my family. This thyroid, runs in thyroid. My
0: family. You mean we're specifically talking about thyroid?
1: Yeah, thyroid. Any 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 type of condition.
0: Well, I think thyroid you have to separate because we've just shown that thyroid has many problems. The first problem is, as we said from the chart, there's a lot of depletions and a lot of imbalances that are causing this. So obviously, it's not as much genetic. There is some genetic component, but not nearly that large of one. Second thing is, the interpretation of these labs, as we've said. Some people won't even order the right ones, and I didn't get to the point where if the range of that blood test is not in the top range of that blood, you're not getting a right level. For example, next to the T4, and I won't mention any lab names, but let's just say it's um, 0.8 to 1.77 for the T4 range, 0.8 to 1.77. If you come in there and say, I'm constipated, I have foggy thinking, my nails are real brittle and my hair falls out, and I'm low in energy, and you say my T4 level is 0.9, they will look right at you square in the eyes and say, you're normal, you don't have an abnormal or low thyroid. And that will be the end of that, just like we said before. For the T3, write this one down, 2.2 to 4.4. If you come in with a 2.3 or 2.4, and last week I had a 1.7, they will look you right in the eye and say, sorry, you've got perfect range of thyroid, and you're fine. Now, here's what you want to know, the take-home message. The range of that thyroid is not where the human body functions. The human body functions only in what's called an optimal range, just like an optimal performance of a car. So that optimal range is the top 25% of those ranges. So for the T4 level, it's one55 to 1.77. So now if somebody comes in with that 1.0, you now clearly see they'd be told it was normal, but you know better. It's 1.55 to 1.77. It is that significant, those two-tenths of a point. And as a backup, please go back to your temperature tests. Anything below 97.8 will support that this is absolutely low. Next one on the T3, it's 3.8 to 4.4 for that top 25%. And once again, if you're walking in with a 2.0, 2.2, 2.4, don't even be surprised if they look you right in the eye and say, sorry about your depression or your anxiety, your thyroid's fine. And yet that is the only and most important de- deficiency there is. And they will do this again and again and again. And this is not your internist and generalist. This is your specialist. Most importantly, psychiatrists wouldn't even understand what we said. About <laughs> them, so don't put that on the map at all. So,
1: so what, when, okay? if I go going if I'm, going into my physician and I am looking to have my thyroid tested, if I were you, what would I be asking for?
0: That's a fantastic question and a great way to ask it. The thing you want to get, a TSH will really tell you nothing, but just to be complete, get a TSH. If it is below 2.5, it's healthy. If it's above 2.5, it usually supports low thyroid. Not an accurate marker, but just something to know. You want to get free T4 For the reasons we just said, just so you know where it's at. And you want a most important test you can get is a free T3. Because that's the active hormone that's going to tell you if it's low. If it's lower than 3.8 to 4.4 on one of the labs, then it will say, hey, guess what? You're low in thyroid. But once again, go by symptoms. If you've got a constipated, foggy thinking, low energy, nails aren't growing, and you're walking around in a fog or depressed don't stop until you find somebody who's going to say, hey, I think your thyroid's really low, and you've got a 96 or 95 temperature. Most of you will know my hands and feet are freezing. I can always go to sleep with a sweater and socks. That is not normal. <laughs> Unfortunately, if you're in the middle of Minnesota, it is, but you're down in South right, Florida.
1: Right. Yeah, that's not a normal thing. It's just amazing how many people will accept uh, symptoms or think that things are normal and they don't know really how good they can feel, especially with the thyroid. If you just balance your thyroid out, there could be, you could feel just so much better and a lot of people They're have the most rewarding
0: thing I have ever seen in medicine is turn on a thyroid and think about how many teenagers this affects from a nutrient depletion point of view and then mm-hmm. they go on to get some antidepressants and next thing you know, they've had multiple relationships and they failed at jobs because they can't think clearly. now we're not talking about anything other than a fundamental hormone of your body is thyroid. And bottom line is, when it's not working, what do you become? Your metabolism is off. You can exercise like a fiend. You will never lose weight. And most importantly, those nice little hip huggers that you think you're going to go back to high school or college wrestling weight. No, you can't unless your thyroid's on. Once your thyroid's on, believe it or not, you can eat just about anything except gluten. And believe it or not, you will burn off weight like you're supposed to because that's the metabolism of the body and the way it should run.
1: Now, I know that's a big concern with women. How many men do you see that have that that same concern as far um, it's as... It's much of- more
0: women than men. It's much more women than men. Um, again, I think it's more because of the hormonal intricacies. I'll, I'll take my hats off. Women's system is way more complicated than the men's, um, but in, in terms of... A problem in our country, I believe it is a massive, massive problem in our country. Um, I, I think we will never get a true handle on how many low thyroids are, but once again, the guesstimate and a fairly accurate one is half our country, and three-quarters of it is morbidly obese, so you can imagine they kind of go hand in hand.
1: Now, is it possible for me to be, if I were a woman, if it, is it possible for me to not have a problem with my weight but, also, but have a thyroid problem?
0: Absolutely. Remember, there's a spectrum of symptoms the thyroid can handle. It's a metabolic central um, organizer of your body. It doesn't have to be weight. It could be that maybe your hair falls out every day in the shower. Maybe your nails don't grow. Maybe you're just not having a normal period. So don't think that just because it's a weight issue, um, it's a constellation of issues. And so if you have some and not the others, you're right. It could be a a tip-off. The most common ones I see, constipation, constipation. Cold hands, cold feet, foggy thinking, low energy. Those are the biggies. And once again, if you're questioning any of it and you want to just worry about your weight or not worry about your weight, do the undrawn temperature test. That's the gold standard. And it is irrefutable, and it's been around for almost 70 years. So it's not my choice. I've just followed by some very wise people and been able to be blessed enough to learn some really good stuff.
1: Yep. So, again, if you have a question, the number is 646-716-9371. I actually have Dr. Becker for, for some time. I've scheduled the, the, the show for uh, a, a great amount of time. So if you have a question, feel free to dial in, hit the number one, and we'll get you on the air to ask your question. So let's
0: hop in. By the into... way, do remember, that stress, do remember that stress turns off the thyroid. So I have never met one person, including monks, that are not stressed to some degree. So imagine that just being stressed alone, whether it's the children, the finances, the relationship, the job, the house, the whatever you've got, that even mm-hmm. low lying stress will turn off a thyroid. So it's a very sensitive little critter.
1: Yeah. So while we're talking about stress, let's jump into uh, adrenals for for a minute. Um, sure. In my studies, I know that you have to treat, and this might be incorrect, I'm just going to let you tell me, um, that you have to treat the thyroid and the adrenal at the same time. You can't treat one without treating the other. Is that true?
0: Let's use an analogy. Um, If you do not fix the adrenal glands, the thyroid will never fix. And the reason is, is imagine a battery and an alternator. If the battery is not fixed, the alternator will burn out every single time. The battery or your stress center is the adrenal gland sits on top of the kidneys, about the size of a walnut, produces cortisol and a few other very important things, DHEA and the like, but it basically is there for cortisol production. Cortisol is the energy to give your body what it does every day. It converts sugar out of your muscles. It burns off energy that you need to move. It gives you clarity. It sort of overlaps with some of the language that I'm using, but if you do not repair the adrenals, you, you ever hear hear some signs of adrenal fatigue? This is when you hear about, I slept all weekend and Monday morning I still woke up exhausted. Uh, you know, light bothers me. Light bothers me. Uh, I, I've got cravings for salt and sugar are the bigger ones. Um, I stood up out of a chair and I got dizzy and I had to sit back down. is a significant sign of moderate to severe adrenal fatigue. Um, I've got... Uh, Oh, I, it takes a long time for wounds to heal. That's another sign. Took me a long time to recover from that illness, is another sign. And one of my faculty colleagues who wrote probably the gold standard of simplicity for books, there's many of them out there, and you can go to one of the larger bookstore websites. But one of the very, very good books that's written for the layman to give to their doctor is called Adrenal Fatigue in the 21st Century by Dr. James Wilson. Been out a couple years now, I think since 2008. Mm hmm. He's just a very wise man. You can listen to some of his lectures, look at some of his writings. But that book is a true gold standard, and it's got ways for you to measure your own uh, adrenal fatigue. Um, It's what has for years been called chronic fatigue. You can get it mild, moderate, or severe. If you have it severe, it can take up to two years to get it restored back to normal. It is 100% restorable. However, you must be very clear that if you get stressed, Whether it's five years old, your parents got divorced. Seventeen years old, you broke up with your first serious relationship. Thirty years old, you end up having a rough time with job or relationship or whatever. Each and every one of these stressful events are additive. They are not separate. So it's almost like your adrenal gland has a memory on it. And it remembers every time it got insulted, almost like squeezing water out of a loofah sponge. Every time you squeeze it, the water goes out and it does not get filled back up. Unless you take traumatic steps to take care of yourself, lower your stress, calm down at the end of the night instead of jumping in the bed and turning everything off real quick. Meditating, yoga, eating calming teas, drinking calming teas, taking calming herbs like ashwagandha, ralora, things you can get over the counter. These are all things that are helpful. sleep. The single most benefit for aging or stress there is, eight, eight, ten hours a day on a consistent basis is the healthiest thing. Coming from the ER background of 20 years, I was burning my candles with every blowtorch there was, and I didn't even understand it at the time. Memory wow. goes, you cannot focus. This is a problem with night shift workers as well as drivers. Everybody's at risk, hospital workers at night, because what they're doing is they're not giving that brain chance to turn down. And the first thing to get affected is the memory centers of the hippocampus of your right, brain. Right. So Let that's me ask a very you a question. important thing to get
1: that rest. Let me ask you a quick question. Because um, depend- I know I went through this. I went through my own little bout with adrenal fatigue, and I went to someone who got me kind of straight on that, and that was years ago. But I used to be an energy drink fiend, Red Bull, um, you know, all these energy drinks. And I'm, I'm noticing more and more of that with adults with the five-hour energy, Uh, You know, you have the kids, the high school kids. I saw some kids in uh, Publix the other day, and they were buying Red Bull. It was, it had to be. I think it was eight eight thirty in the morning, and here these kids are um, buying buying Red Bull. So, I mean, can I know adults can be stressed, but now we have stressed out kids. Um, So, if you're depending on energy drinks, is that a um, a sign of adrenal fatigue?
0: I think energy drinks, and I'm so glad you brought this point up, I think energy drinks are the modern-day coffee. I think kids are using them as a societal fad. I think they're using them to basically say, if I can't get up in the morning because I was watching TV till 2 in the morning, it's okay if I take a five-hour Red Bull. Nothing is more traumatizing to that brain, especially under 25 years old, than taking energy drinks, which throw out all these different chemicals and supplements into the brain system that's still closing down and developing. Number two. Anytime you feel fatigued in the afternoon, anytime you see somebody who drinks a lot of coffee, coffee is not one of those things that says, oh, my body just needs it to wake up in the morning. Coffee is because your body does not have adrenal reserve. So if you find between 3 and 5 you're getting that lull, or as I mentioned, you're starting to crank down at 6, 7 o'clock at night when you really think, wow, I should be awake, these are all signs that are subtle but big flags of adrenal fatigue. And do not write it off to, oh, I just got a rough time going on at the job. These are irreversible, but reversible, irreversible if you don't take care of them, traumatizing things. And as you get worse down the road, and again, with hormones that are imbalancing as you get older, now you're looking at something that must be fixed because if you don't, nothing else will come in the line. Be very clear on that. Nothing of anything you do, whether it be exercise, eating good, Thinking you're doing good. If you do not rest and you do not take care of your adrenal glands, it will pay you a very serious price at the end of the day. Very, very significant.
1: So, what are some of the things you can do? I know they would need to come in and see you in order to do that you can balance. But what are some of the things that you do to kind of balance out the balance uh, balance out the adrenal glands?
0: Well, as I just I, I think I highlighted them without really knowing that that was what we were getting at. Sleep, number one. Uh, naps are very, very good for you, even 15-minuters. Having that restful time at the end of the night, taking a bath, going to sleep at 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night, taking it easy in the morning, sleeping till 7 or 8 if you can. Unfortunately, with work days and two scheduled incomes these days, it's not as easy as you think. But there's nothing wrong with becoming vegetables. There's nothing wrong with that watching movie instead of run, 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 which our society emphasizes. I think we're finding out that uh, there is fringes of our society now that are realizing stress plays a critical, critical thing in our aging process. And here's a very valuable statistic we learned years ago in our trainings. If a mother is stressed during pregnancy, the cortisol that she is shooting out into her body crosses the placental barrier, goes to the centers of that infant developing brain, and sets resets that thermostat for stress. So that child not only comes out hyper-wired, agitated, and stressed, but it already has preset mechanisms that their adrenal glands are already starting at a deficit. And the same thing happens with obesity. If those mothers are over a safe weight during their pregnancy and they're gaining 60, 70, 80 pounds, those obese um, uh, areas are sending inflammatory signals through the placenta to that child, resetting their obesity mechanisms or thermostats, and they will not be able to keep a thin body. They will actually have a reset mechanism and never be able to lose weight despite anything we've just spoke of. So it's already genetically altered, and here's the profound part, Darren. Those signals are affecting what's called the epigenetics or the surface of the genes of that particular infant. So now instead of just saying, Oh, my genetic inheritance is passed on through the generations for healthiness or for healthiness or for hair Then what you're going to find is the genetics of that particular infant have been altered because of toxins, because of nutrient depletions, because of stresses and obesities that are now part of their their, uh, genetic structure, and you're altering them when you didn't think you were altering them. So that's one of the most striking things people are learning now is that they may think they're doing good by, oh, I'm, I'm not going out in the sun, but they don't realize some of the water they're drinking or the food they're not
1: eating is causing changes in the genetics of their infants and their children. Yeah, I. Um, it's, it's kind of profound because I know what you were saying just now with the cortisol and the mother that we. You know, some people are saying we're raising kids that are now wired for for violence and crime. Absolutely. Because yeah, because of the you know all the cortisol and the stress, so stressed out mothers are having stressed out kids now. So.
0: Sure. And we're stimulating them with. TV shows with violence and all the other things that are just pounding our brains. And, and, again, please go back to the understanding that simplicity is not a bad thing in any way, shape, or form. Calmness, prayer, meditation, yoga. Years ago, these were looked at the fringes of Hippyville back in the 60s. Let me tell you, these are the principles of health and longevity as practiced by the Eastern philosophies and a lot of the Mideastern philosophies for thousands of years. And for any medical establishment of the last 100, 150 years, to look at them and say, oh, those are just something that is an alternative or some type of, you know, niche little thing that you don't really pay attention to, there's something to be said when you look at things like the China study and you look at things like the the, the longevity of those aged individuals that says, wow, you know, meditating for an hour in the morning or having a nap in the middle of the corporate world of of the big Mitsubishis or the big uh, Chinese companies or Japanese companies, There's a lot to be said for that, and I think we need to step down off our um, pulpits of technology and for a minute look at the simplicity of how profound nutrition is, how important it is to take those little 2- and 3-year-olds to the Whole Foods and to some of the food markets and teach them fresh, locally produced, colored, dark colors of your vegetables are where all your nutrition lies. And if you can do that, Then you've got something in your hands because they're learning in a generational um, experience how to cook better. It may be two, three, four trips a week to the grocery store, but guess what? I can't remember the last time I ate something frozen or canned because that means it was transported and stored so it had to preserve. That's when your chemicals get involved. And if we haven't talked about anything important, if we haven't talked about anything important enough, toxic world is what we live in. I don't care if you live in the middle of the mountains of Colorado. It may be a little bit less, less toxic, but we live in a very toxic world, and everybody should be on a detox program at least several times a year. If you're a landscaper, a pilot, somebody that travels a lot, somebody on the road breathing fumes a lot, our bodies were not meant to process this degree of – I won't even use the word pollution. Let's say toxins, water, food toxins, chemicals on our fruits, chemicals on our vegetables – and our body has various areas that can handle it, but if it doesn't, guess what? The breakdown is Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, we all know this. This has been proven. Toxic exposure has caused the acceleration of these degenerative illnesses because of the toxins in our foods and in our systems we live in. And understand, it starts the day you are born. This is a fact. You are born with 300 chemicals in the baby's body. And the only reason it's only 300 is they stopped counting because they were so surprised at the number that was in there. 300 wow. chemicals. That's a factual statistic. Before they're you even mean, out to their first birthday party.
1: Yeah. You mentioned estrogen is one of those things that kind of uh, affect the thyroid. Is there any protocols or anything you can use to uh, take estrogen out of the body, excess estrogen rather, out of the body?
0: Yeah. Uh, that's a fantastic question. Um, Detox is one of the best ones. Um, I, I think it goes individual. Once again, hormone-free meats. Birth control for the birth control, and again, very hot, volatile topic these days, but you want to do a, a, a um, copper 7-IUD without hormones is one of the most common ones. Uh, those who choose birth control, years ago we couldn't use this because it was found to make a little bit less uh, ability to be fertile, but now the technology has advanced, so you may use a hormone-free um, IUD, if you've never had children and it's extremely safe, so that's one that people can use. Um, to pull them out, also, of course, don't use plastics out in the heat. Either drink glass water bottles or use a glass bottle or something where you're not getting that plastic conversion from the heat when it's left in your car. Always remember the plastic water bottles you think you're drinking have been shipped from somewhere in a truck that's been out in the heat, so you're not always safe. And the best and safest way is probably to get a reverse osmosis system in your house. Uh, smaller versions under the sink can run you two, three, four hundred bucks, 400 so it's not bank-breaking. But I think uh, these days it would behoove just about everybody, unless they're guaranteed fresh water uh, in the mountains of Switzerland or down in the South Lakes of Chile, I think it would behoove everybody to use um, some type of uh, reverse osmosis system or purifying system in their homes.
1: Yeah. I'll tell Again, you one of the things. Again,
0: toxins are coming through on our on our showers as well, so be aware of that.
1: Yeah. I'll tell you one of the things that just makes me want to just take people and just shake them sometimes is just when I see someone heat something up in a microwave in plastic. That is one of my pet peeves. I can't stand Ooh. seeing it. Uh,
0: people don't realize it's not even about heating it up. It's about what it denatures in terms of the nutritional mm-hmm. value of what you really want mm-hmm. to get. So realize mm-hmm. that, that that what they're trying to eat is just being totally splattered because that radiation which years ago we thought was no big deal is totally demystifying de- all the nutrition you're trying to get. Once again, it may be hard; you may not like to cook, but cooking can be as simple as throwing lemon and garlic and oil on some vegetables. And, and believe it or not, you would love having real taste instead of the frozen variety that takes you know a minute and a half.
1: Yeah. All right. So that's all the questions I have for you, Doctor Berg. Actually, I, I'm I'm going to invite you back on because I I think due to the, oh. the, the difficulties we had tonight that um, everybody didn't get the the full message and um, that was my fault but I'll invite you back on but I think there are some people that are out there listening. When will you be giving your talk at um, BM Organics? Um, again, I will adrenals. be, actually.
0: I, I just left a message. I will be giving a talk on adrenals, I believe, this Saturday. I think next week, because of the uh, Labor Day holiday, we probably won't do it. But the following mm-hmm. week, we may do another thyroid, or the week after that in the second week of September. Um, I, I would invite you all to come out. We started off by trying to do it for 40 minutes. And what we ended up finding uh, a good four hours later, we were just wrapping up because so many variety of questions came out of the simplicity of the drawings that you now have in your hand. Um, If you really understand what turns on and off that thyroid and you understand how many people that you know of, you're not six people away from somebody with thyroid. You're at the most two or three. And I'm almost going to guarantee it's going to be somebody that's very warm and dear to your heart's. So if you want to get a hold of me, uh, you can email me at healthmasters, to one word healthmasters now at gmail dot com. You may go and check into anything you need to know. Uh, there's a phenomenal clinical book out there called Stop the Thyroid Madness Now that I think is one of the best clinical books we've ever seen. But please email me. I will be more than happy to spend time emailing back. I'm usually checking things when I'm waiting anywhere, you know. Uh, any kind of time when you've got morning, noon, or night. Uh, For those of you who would like to schedule appointments, it's easy to get the bloods. Um, Once again, when you're getting back to school, you kind of think, well, the summer was a wash, but believe it or not, before the holiday season gets here, you can lose that weight without going on a diet until next summer. And I think that's important for people to realize there's way more symptoms that are being affected rather than your waistline that are way more important, like cognitive function and the ability to rest at night are all thyroid-related. Um, and then there's just many benefits nutritionally wise if uh, that thyroid is balanced. So you're at least two or three people away from somebody, you know, and love uh, once again, kids, any fertility issues is gluten and thyroid a lot. And people that are fertility yeah. experts do not know that. Um, and of course the adrenals just know that it's a hundred percent of everyone on the phone, a hundred percent of everybody you know has adrenal fatigue to some degree since the day yes. they were born. And yeah. so, uh, you know, take some of those measures, But you may already realize that you've got it with the symptoms we've just discussed. Come to the lecture this Saturday, uh, 1 o'clock, and I'm sure you'll share the information with that. But uh, please stay in touch. Uh, A lot of times people feel like, oh, I'm bothering you, or, oh, there's not, you know, stupid questions. Of course, we always hear, or I'm taking up too much time. Well, the average consult with me lasts an hour, an hour and a half, rather than the 5, 8, 10, 12 minutes that I used to have to spend with uh, people years ago. And so uh, it takes time to put these patterns together. And what functional medicine does is look at patterns and recognize similarities so that you can put it together in a story that makes sense. And I believe there's one thing that I know Darren echoed when we finished that talk. I, I hope that when everybody or that one person leaves this talk that we did hopefully affect, um, I'd like them to realize that it's the pattern that is actually out of balance. And if we, every little subtle thing makes a difference. So whether you lived next to well water when you were five, whether you lived next to a chemical plant when you were seven, like the Erin Brockovich's of the world, these are all things that make a difference. And aging is inevitable, but how we age and the choices we take of how we get there is completely altering. And you have the ability to control that with nutrition, supplements. I highly, highly recommend. It's not just for healthy people or athletes. Magnesium is for just about everybody thyroid is going to affect some or everybody you know for a majority of their life. So so be uh, the stand-up person in the family and say during the next uh, Thanksgiving or Jewish holiday or whatever is coming up for your particular family and, and just say, hey, I saw something pretty interesting and I'd like you to go get some more information. Uh, I'm not here to say that somebody's smarter or not smarter than the other. I'm just very blessed to learn by some very, very sharp people and if I can recognize that pattern and help anybody on this uh, talk, I am so grateful for the time that you guys have spent with us. And I really appreciate, Derek, you stepping up after that talk and inviting me on tonight. It's real true. Thank,
1: yeah, thank you, Dr. Berger. I'm going to have to get you back on. I'm going to actually try to see if I can get Dr. Lafferty on as well and get you guys just wind you up and let you uh, guys have go and have, have people uh, call in with, you know, some symptoms or some things that they're doing. Because I know a lot of people, have these things, and they can't talk to their physicians, the regular physicians. So I, I want to see about uh, organizing something like that in the future.
0: Perfect. And Dr. Lafferty, you're not going to find a wiser individual. She's the current uh, associate Dean over at the uh, Nova Pharmacy School and uh, very cutting edge, uh, just understands and wisely puts things together as sharp as just about anybody I've had the pleasure to work with for the last couple of years, and she's just a real treat to listen to.
1: Yep. All right, so I will be in touch Thank you for coming on, sorry about the technical Difficulties, but we will do this again Thank you so much, Dr. Becker
0: Very good, you all have a very great night And if those of you are driving home, please have a safe drive And have a safe night, take care
1: Thanks All right, so that's the end of the show Um, Tuesday, this Tuesday Coming Tuesday, this is one of the things I'm really excited about, and I was excited About this call tonight with Dr. Becker uh, is I will be having Dr. Raymond Francis on. He's an MIT-trained uh, scientist, and he wrote a book called Never Be Sick Again, and he's going to be on the show Tuesday. Uh, so tune into that show. Hopefully we won't have any technical difficulties. I think I got everything worked out, so we should, the show should be good to go. So thank you again for listening to the show tonight. This is Darren Fatman McDuffie helping you become perfectly healthy in tone, and I'll see you next Tuesday. Thanks.